church. It is so good to be with you guys this morning. Um, If you have a Bible near you, I'd love for you to grab it. And we're going to turn to Matthew 14. Um, We're going to jump straight into a story in the Bible this morning that I think is probably going to be quite well known to most of us, whether we're experienced Bible readers or even if we've never actually picked the Bible up before. Now, you might have heard sermons on this particular story, but bear with me. Don't change the channel because I think there is a lot that we can learn from this particular passage right now in 2020. So we find Jesus, he's here with his disciples. He's just carried out one of his most famous miracles, the feeding of the 5,000. And so he sends his disciples off. He sends them on to the next destination that they're going to. And he says, I'm going to hang back to spend some time resting and with the Father. So you guys go on ahead of me. I'll catch up with you. And so the disciples, they, they head off, they jump in a boat and they start rowing across the lake. But when they were far off from the land, it says, they get caught up in a storm. And so these 12 guys, they're wrestling it out against wind and waves, doing everything that they possibly can to get across to the other side. And it's at this moment that Jesus catches up with them. So we're looking at verse 26 onwards. And it says this, But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hands and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? You know, earlier on during the pandemic, Alan Scott, pastor of Vineyard Anaheim, said this in one of his sermons. One of the things about this moment is that it commands our attention. Crisis always demands our focus. See, what causes Peter to sink here isn't Jesus' inability to hold him up. In fact, it's Peter's inability to keep his eyes fixed on Jesus that causes him to begin to sink. He becomes distracted by the wind and the waves. And as he allows his mind to become filled with those things, more so than what he knows Jesus is capable of, that's when he begins to get a bit overwhelmed. The crisis has demanded his focus. And today I want to ask us this question. What is demanding your focus right now? As we reflect on Peter's encounter with Jesus, what would it look like for us to reset our focus, to take heart in the fear, to have confidence through our doubts and to choose Jesus over the distractions around us? So first things first, as we reset our focus, how do we take heart in the fear? You know, like most of us during lockdown, one of the places that I've probably been the most is the supermarket. And so one day as I'm doing my shopping, I start to load my stuff onto the till and I get chatting to the lady at the checkout. And at one moment in the conversation, she started to tell me about a particular health condition that she had. And I've got this little thought pop into my mind that said, you should pray for her. 
And so as I'm getting my bags into the trolley, you know, so that I can make a quick getaway, um, I finally pluck up the courage to say the words, you know, um, I'm a Christian and, and I believe that God can heal people. But it's at this moment that I start to get a little bit flustered and I can literally feel the eyes of the person behind me in the queue like, what are you doing? And so to be honest, I'm a little bit traumatised by what happened next. I can't entirely remember exactly what I said, but it was something along the lines of, excuse me, um, I, I, you know, I'd, I'd really love to thank you for your service. Goodbye. And I just ran off. And, and to be honest, the lady was so mortified. Oh, thank you. That's totally okay. Excellent. Upgrade to the microphone. You know, we've all, we've all been there, haven't we? We've all had those moments where we get that little thought in our minds of fear that says, just don't do it. Don't do it. You see, it got me thinking, what was I so afraid of? Was it of looking foolish? Was it that she was going to say no? Was it that she might say yes, but not get healed? Was it that she might have said yes, she might have gotten healed, and then I wouldn't really have known what to do then in that moment? You know, the thing that made me feel so fearful is that once I'd stepped out, I had no control of the outcome. See, if we look back at this story in Matthew with the disciples, Surely they were afraid of the storm, but the thing they seemed to be the most afraid of was that actually they thought that they'd seen a ghost. They were afraid of the unexpected, of the unknown, of the things that they just couldn't explain. You know, when we find ourselves feeling fearful so often, it's in those moments where we're not entirely sure what the outcome is going to be. You know, it could be anything from what's going on in the world around us to stuff with our finances, to our family dynamics. Maybe it's even some of the stuff that's going on in our own minds. But let's remind ourselves of Jesus' simple commands to the disciples. Take heart. It's something that he then goes on to repeat in John 16 when he says to his followers, take heart, I have overcome the world. You know, when Jesus is instructing his followers to take heart, effectively what he's saying is, it's going to be okay. And the reason it's going to be okay is because I have overcome everything. I've overcome the world. Ultimately, Jesus is in control. And you know, this week I had an opportunity to have a conversation with a family who were part of our church about what it's looked like for them to step out of the boat in this period of time. And, you know, they had to move out of their rented house during lockdown. But instead of rushing to find a new home, they really felt like God was saying to them, trust me, wait for me. And so that's what they decided to do. And so as they were waiting, it started to feel like, you know, doors were closing around them. And in the end, it felt like there was only one option that, that wasn't really ideal. But by that point, there, there was not much else. And so they felt like maybe they just needed to go for that. And so they were about to put a deposit down on this house. And then they got a phone call from a couple who were part of the church. Somebody else had told this couple about the family's situation. And so they decided to call them up and let them know about a house that they had that they would be able to rent out to them. 
And it turned out that this house ended up being the perfect answer to their prayers. You know, as they told me their story, this is what they said. We were about to do it for ourselves, but God stepped in. It's not over yet. It's not the end. We might have to get out of the boat again. But what we're learning is to focus on God in this, to evolve, involve him in every area of our life. We still don't get it. We're still muddling through. But nevertheless, it feels like it was worth it. You know, by letting go of control, this family, they're learning what it looks like to take heart and to trust that Jesus is going to overcome, even if it doesn't look like what they were expecting it to. You know, I'd love to ask you, where are you focusing on your fear? Where could you take heart and let God take control? So that's the first thing for us to take heart in our fear. The second thing as we reset our focus is to have confidence through our doubts. See, right before the disciples end up on this boat, Peter has just seen Jesus feed over 5,000 people with five loaves and two fishes. He knows exactly what Jesus is capable of. But even though he's seen Jesus pull through before, Peter, for some reason, still finds himself doubting. You know, how many of us have found ourselves in this place? You know, we know God is capable, but we're just not sure he's capable of changing our situation. It's too hard. It's too difficult. It's been going on for too long. I've tried it before. And, you know, for me, um, one of the things for me that I've, I've struggled with is that um, I've had a bowel condition for the last kind of four years. And I've been through loads of tests, some of them many times over, and I still don't have any answers. I still find myself so often in a lot of pain. You know, I believe in healing. I've seen God heal people of all kinds of stuff, of migraines, of seizures, of back pain. I've even personally prayed for people with the same intolerances as me and seen them get healed completely. You know, I know that God is capable, but even then there are days where I just find myself doubting and I'm not sure that I'm going to see that healing for myself. You know, it's easy for us to have confidence, isn't it? When we're in the boat, when things feel safe and stable, that's when it feels easy to trust God. But if we take our eyes off him in those moments when we're right in the thick of it, when we're struggling with the uncertainty, when we just don't know how we're going to get through it, that's when it feels a lot harder for us to have confidence. That's when we start to ask questions like, you know, do I think that he'll really get me through this? Do I fully trust that God is powerful enough? Does he even care about me enough? Is he bigger than these waves? And, you know, for me, one of the things that has carried me through this season of uncertainty and of pain has been in remembering who God is and what he's like. You know, the Bible it is full of stories that remind us of who God is and his character. Stories where he provides, where he answers people's prayers, where he heals people, where he shows peace and uh, reconciliation, where he shows his compassion and stories like this one where he calms storms. You know, if you're struggling with doubt this morning, 
I think the best place that you can turn is to the Bible. You know, maybe you want to grab a friend and you can read along some of the Bible together, especially if you've never done it before. That might be a really helpful thing for you to learn a bit more about it. Or head to our website. There are so many amazing resources on what it looks like to get into reading the Bible. You know, opening up the Bible is one of the most practical ways that we can start to focus our attention on God. Because it's when we learn more about him, when we start to get to know him, that's when we can start to have the confidence in order to trust him that can overcome our doubts. And so finally, as we reset our focus, we need to choose Jesus over the distractions around us. You know, have you, have you ever noticed when you've read through this, that this encounter, it doesn't actually start with Jesus telling Peter to get out of the boat. It actually starts with Peter asking Jesus to call him out to where he is. He says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. But why? What possibly could have compelled Peter to do something that was just that bold? You know, I think the reason is that because wherever Jesus is, that is where Peter wants to be. He just wants to be close to him. And so if that means stepping out of the boat, well, then that's just what Peter is going to do. You know, for many of us today, I imagine there is a desire and a wanting to move towards Jesus. Maybe you've never even stepped out of the boat. And there is an invitation and an opportunity today for you to give your yes to Jesus, to ask him to call you towards him. But for others, maybe you're already out on the water. You can see Jesus, you know he's there. But for some reason, you found yourself getting distracted. Your focus has turned away from him towards the things and the distractions and the issues that are around you. You know, author Nick Eyal, he points out that when we're lonely, we check Facebook. When we're uncertain, we Google. When we're bored, we check the news. Just anything to not feel these uncomfortable sensations that we're not ready to experience. You know, over the last few months, for many of us, our antidote to all kinds of, dis of distractions has been another Netflix series, the internet, baking, the couch to 5K, which I completed, by the way. Um, but I wonder, what has it been for you? And though all of this stuff is not, none of it is necessarily bad stuff. But I just wonder what would happen if instead of looking towards those distractions, we chose instead to give our attention to Jesus and gave our time to him instead. Because the thing is, we can't expect that Jesus is going to pull us through the crises in our life if we're not looking to him to be the one that does it. If we're not actively giving him space in our lives to move. Tozer once said this, always he is trying to get our attention, to reveal himself to us, to communicate with us. We have within us the ability to know him if we will but respond. You know, when we were at church in the building on a Sunday, when we were able to be here in person, you know, there were, there were already probably quite a lot of things that could distract us. 
But now that we're at home and we're tuning in, you know, there are probably 10 times more things that have the ability to distract us. You know, maybe it's your phone. Maybe if you've got kids, it's your kids running around. Maybe it's even the fridge. I don't know. But I just want to challenge us this morning. If you are in that place where you feel like you're sinking, where you feel like your focus has moved away from Jesus, probably one of the most simple solutions might be to protect this time that you have to engage with him from some of those distractions. Maybe you've got your phone out right now and you're just feeling that gentle nudge just just to put it down, to stop, to pay attention to what it is that God wants to speak to you about how he wants to meet with you this morning. You know, Jesus, he is always available to us. He hasn't gone anywhere. But I think some of us, we've maybe made ourselves unavailable to him. You know, what if in these moments of uncertainty, of uncomfortableness, you know, that we've all been experiencing, you chose instead of reaching for your phone, just to reach for your Bible, see what's in it. Next time you go out for a walk, instead of putting your headphones straight in, maybe just taking the opportunity to pray and ask God what he wants to speak to you about. Or maybe you just need to do nothing and just sit there without the distraction and cry out to God like Peter did. You see, Peter, he wasn't walking on the water in his own strength. It was Jesus' power working through him, allowing him to stay afloat. You know, it was that brief moment that Peter had his eyes fixed on Jesus, that he was able to stand, that Jesus was able to hold him up. So to end, I just want to encourage you, let's not lose sight of Jesus. If for whatever reason you've taken your eyes off of him, now is as good a moment as any just to reset your focus, to take heart, to have confidence and to choose him.